very much, Oli, for reading for us so clearly, so eloquently, and so powerfully. And for Gerard for playing for us. You get us all excited in this uh, fight, the good fight of faith, with the little fingering you're doing there. Thank you very much for that. Bless you. And uh, this evening we have come to a special service to accept the covenant, the healing, but also we have come to um, a communion service where we'll be coming to the table to receive bread and wine. And for a short reflection on those passages that uh, uh, Oli read for us, uh, I'll reflect on the topic, the Lord will prevail. Let us pray. Lord, you sent your word to heal and to rescue. As your word is preached tonight, may we grab hold of your word, the rescue lifeline you have thrown towards us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the title of today's message or this evening's message is The Lord Will Prevail in All the Ups and Downs of Life. The Lord Will Prevail through all the changing sins of life that we will be going through. The Lord Will Prevail in the obstacles and the snares of life and all the plans of the enemy. The Lord Will Prevail. And I hope and pray that tonight you will believe that message that the Lord will prevail in all the ups and downs of our lives. It is a tradition here at Methodist Central Hall that every new year we pray over a particular scripture and then we hold that scripture before God as a community to help us to focus and to keep on track spiritually. This year, our scripture is Proverbs 19, 21, which talks about our plans, and it also talks about God's purposes for us. And I assume tonight that every one of us gathered here this evening, we have come here because we planned it. We planned to be here this evening for the covenant service, for the healing service. And I'm sure we've got plans for tomorrow. We've got plans for the coming weeks. Our diaries are dotted with plans here and there, desires, things that we hope to achieve in the coming weeks and coming months, which are all very, very good. However, the wise man Solomon, the son of David, the world's richest and wisest man in his time, made it clear in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21, which is our motto text this evening. And I would love for us all to read it together, if you can see it uh, from where you are sat now or you've got it somewhere. I'd love for us to read it together so it marinates into our hearts. Let's read it together if you're able. Proverbs 19, 21, it says, Many plans are in the human heart, but the purposes of the Lord will prevail. Let's read that one more time, a bit louder so it sinks in. Many plans are in the heart, human heart, but the purposes of the Lord will prevail. I love that. Our plans are our dreams, they are desires, the choices we make, the big decisions we make that determines what we do, but it also determines where we go. We plan for our retirement. Some of us are finding a little house somewhere, a little shank somewhere, so when you retire from this work, you've got somewhere to go and to put your foot up and relax and enjoy your retirement. We plan for so many things. We plan to lose weight. Wish me luck. This is the second year I'm planning to lose weight, but I don't seem to be making any headway in it. But I still plan it. We all make different plans. We plan to get married. We plan to buy a house. 
We plan to change our lifestyle. We plan to drop those old habits, those bad habits. We say, God, help me so I can drop these bad habits and these old habits. But some of us also make plans to commit ourselves to Jesus Christ, to get a bit serious with our relationship with God, to draw closer with God. All these plans are very, very good. Many are the plans in a human heart. The proverb says, the wise man said in Proverbs, but we are reminded by the prophet Jeremiah that God also has a plan for each and every one of us, his children. We do have our plans, fine, brilliant, but God also has plan for us. In Jeremiah 29, 11, the prophet said, Thus saith the Lord, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. So from our motto text that we've just read together, we can see that God's purposes overrides our plans. God's purpose, it takes the supreme place over our plans. And so our task tonight is to figure out what are God's purposes for us and choose a path that aligns with God's purposes for our lives. Our task tonight is to align ourselves with God and His Word. And you know what? That is not easy. It's just not easy to align our own plans with God's plans. We come to God with this list, shopping list. All these are our plans, but we don't always take the time to see whether those plans are actually aligned with God's plan. And this is what we have to figure out tonight in this service. And as I say, it is not easy. Because the first point I want to make this evening, for those of you who are taking notes or want to remember what I said after this service, the first point I want to make this morning is that our human plans can sometimes be the direct opposite of what God is planning for us. Direct opposite of God, what, what God wants for us. We want to go left, God wants us to go right. We want to go forward, perhaps God wants us to go slightly backward. But it's not easy for us to figure out. So the first point I want to make is that our plans are not always in line with God's plan. At times they are the direct opposite of what God planned for us. We remember the Old Testament story of Jonah in the Old Testament. God had a plan for him, and that plan was for him to go to Nineveh, to preach the word, to inspire the city, to bring revival to the people of Nineveh. But Jonah had his own plan, and that plan was not to go to Nineveh. God wanted him to go that way, but he wanted to go that way. So what did he do? The Bible says he went the opposite direction. How many of us sometimes we take the opposite direction to where God wants us to go? And that's what makes our plans at times in complete opposite direction to where God is calling us, where God is nudging us to get to, where God wants us to go to. Like Jonah, we're afraid. Look at what will happen if I give up myself to do what you want me to do. God, these people, they will crucify me. So what we do, like Jonah, we take the opposite direction, and we head the wrong way. Our plans at times can be the direct opposite of what God wants for us. Jonah's plan was not aligned with God's plan. And we know what happened. We know the end of that story. And that is what will happen when we misalign ourselves with God's plan, the purpose for God for our lives. We put ourselves through unnecessary pain. 
finding ourselves in the dark world of the fish belly of isolation and ending up on the shores of regret, ending up in the shores of filth, ending up in the shores of pain. The invitation for us this time of the year when we make plans and resolutions uh, is to pray that the Holy Spirit will help us to align our plans uh, with the Word of God, to align our plans with God's plan for us, and it is not easy. And so tonight when you're planning, the first thing I want you to take note of is at times our plans can be the direct opposite of what God wants us to do. A misalignment with that plan can lead us into all sorts of trouble and choppy waters. The second point I want to make is that our plans are not always in line with God. They are the direct opposite, but at times our plans also are nothing but just a selfish plan to just think about me, myself, and I in my little island, in my own little world. Don't care about anybody else. Selfish plans that we've got. In Luke chapter 12, verse 13 to verse 21, Jesus told the story of a rich fool who had a bumper harvest more than he could store. What did he do? He planned to tear down all his barns and then to build new ones and sit down and put his foot up and then enjoy life. His plan was a selfish one. He took no notice of the God who brings the rain, the God who brings the sunshine. He took no notice of the God who helps the plants to grow. All he thought about was himself and what he will enjoy and how he will enjoy it on his own. Like him, we often make plans that have no recognition of God who supplies us with the oxygen we breathe in and out. Do you know that for you to be here today is because you've just breathed some oxygen in and you've taken some out? And imagine if those oxygen that you breathe in and out, if they were supplied by British gas. Some of us will be in what we call mountain death. <laughs> we'll never be able to pay it off. But you know who supplies it? God, and he supplies it for us free of charge. And so when we make our plans, because it's the God that sustains our life through all the natural things is given unto us, please, my brothers and sisters, our motor text is inviting us to always recognize God in those plans and say, God, is this your will for me? Is this why you are calling me? Is this where you want me to be? God, is it you speaking here? Is it you saying this to me? We are to be sensitive to make sure that we recognize God in our own plans. In that parable, Jesus called him the rich fool. And God demanded his life that night. The parable is a reminder to us that as independent, as self-willed, as powerful as we are, there is a greater power that guides the affairs of human, human existence. And until we submit to that power, until we align our plans with God's plans, then all what we have got is nothing but wishful thinking. And thirdly, our human plans can be direct opposite of God's plan. They can be the direct selfish plan that thinks of just ourselves. But our human plans can also be evil plans. In Genesis chapter 50 verse 20, Joseph said these words to his brothers, But as for you, you planned evil against me, but God meant it for good. You remember that familiar Sunday school story of Joseph and his brothers. His brothers hated him because of his dreams. They hated him because of his potentials. They hated him because of his ambitions. And so they thought of that they devised a plan to eliminate him. 
But then eventually, you know what they did? They sold him as slave so he could live the rest of his life as slave. But God had another plan. God has a purpose for this young man. In all of this evil planned against Joseph, God was at work in his life. Joseph eventually became prime minister in Egypt, and he saved his brothers and his people from death by starvation. Many are the plans in the human heart. Some are good, some are evil, some are selfish, but whoever those plans are, I come to tell you tonight that the Lord's purpose will always prevail. So are you going through a long and painful process in this life? Are you going through things that at times you find it difficult to lift up your own heads in pride and say, God, here am I, it's too much for you, it's too much for you. Are you going through, are you carrying the heavy burden in life? Put your trust in God. Put your trust in God, the God who has good plans for you. His brothers planned evil, but God meant it for good. Hear this prophetic word for you. That in 2023, God will prevail over every evil plan in your life. But he requires us to be faithful to him. Like Joseph. If you abide in me, John says in John chapter 17, verse 7. If you abide in me and my word abide in you, whatever you ask of, whatever you plan, whatever you wish, whatever you're thinking of, God says, I will consider it. Why? Because you abide in me, you're fixed in me, you're connected in me. I have become your source of provision. If you abide in me, the things you wish, the things you plan, they becomes my plans and my thoughts for you as well. Whatever we are going through, the covenant-keeping God has his eyes on us. The covenant-keeping God has his arms around us. You are not alone. The covenant-keeping God is with us in his presence through the person of the Holy Spirit. And so in our covenant prayer, we declare that we are his and he is ours. We may have our plans. But it is purposes that will prevail. Jonah ended up in Nineveh, albeit via a fish belly. Joseph ended up as PM in Egypt, albeit via prison doors. Probably you might be in a fish belly at the moment, but that is hope. You might be going through some dark and tough times, but that is hope when we abide ourselves, when we connect ourselves, when we fix ourselves to the true source of our supply, for the true source of our needs. The road may be tough, but God will always have the last say. God will prevail. And so he calls us in this, to this covenant relationship so that we might understand his purposes for our lives. A covenant can be described as a contract, an understanding, an agreement between two parties that must be kept. We all know what happens when we take a mobile phone or we take a mortgage or we take a car on loan and we don't make the repayment. What will happen? We know what will happen when we take all those things and we don't make the repayment. We broke the agreement. It might lead to bad relationship between us and our lender. It might lead to our home or our car being repossessed because we have failed to meet the terms of the agreement. In the Old Testament, read for us so beautifully by Ollie, 
we saw how the relationship and the fellowship between Adam, Eve, and God was disrupted because the covenant between God and Adam was broken. Tricked by the devil, Adam and his wife ate the forbidden fruits and invited the consequence of sin, of sickness, of pain, and death unto the human race. But, there and then, God made a promise, a promise of hope, a promise of redemption, when in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, he promised that the seed of the woman would bruise the head of the serpent. And at Christmas, God kept his side of the promise. God kept his side of the covenant because he is a covenant-keeping God and he expects you and I to be covenant-keeping people. In this new covenant, God promises new life in Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, If any person is in Christ Jesus, that person is a new creation. All the old things have passed away, and behold, things are becoming new. Behold, things are becoming new, because that person is abiding in Christ. That person is in Christ. Uh, beloved brothers and sisters, friends of God, the best we can do for ourselves at the start of this new year, at this covenant service, is to yield ourselves, to abide in Christ, to remain in Him, to be in him so all the old things will pass away and things will become new in our lives our part in this new covenant is to live no longer for ourselves but to live for God Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ that lives in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live as unto God who loves me, and he gave himself up for me. The life which I now live is a life that I live as unto God. What a surrender, what a sacrifice to live a life now no longer for myself, but for God. This is how we align our plans with God when we live our lives for him. As stated in our Methodist rule of life, our part in this covenant as well is to offer true worship to God. It is to serve God and to serve each other, to share the good news with other people, to accept the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, to believe in Jesus Christ, to trust in him, to obey him. The centurion in our gospel passage, again, read for us beautifully by Ollie, is a man who, in my understanding, he has a clear understanding of what Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21 says. He knew by faith that God's purposes will always prevail over all aspects of our lives, including our health and our healing. And so when he encountered Jesus, he said to the Lord, my servant is unwell. Perhaps all the doctors have tried. Perhaps he's been to all the A&Es. Perhaps he's been to all the specialists. They've done all they could, and they said to him, no hope for you, brother. Nothing else might work. Go home and wait. Go home and relax. Go home and prepare for that palliative care. Go home and wait. And his boss met Jesus Christ, and he said, help me. Tonight, for your healing, all you have to say, like the centurion, is to say, Lord, help me. Lord, help my brother. Lord, help my sister. Lord, help those people that I know that needs your help. Lord, help me. The centurion said, Lord, help him. But you don't even need to come to my house to give this help. Just speak the word. Just speak the word. And my servant will be healed at your word. Sickness will bow. 
because you always have the last say. You will always have the final say. You will prevail because you are the almighty God. And so this evening, as I conclude, may we come to the healing altar with a centurion measure of faith, believing that the word of Christ, at the word of Christ, at the word of Christ, at the mention of his name, cancer, bone disease, blood disease, skin disease, brain disease, all manner of sickness and diseases can be healed by faith. Not me doing the healing, not Allison doing the healing, not Tony doing the healing, but this is a healing calling upon the name Jesus Christ of Nazareth that heals by faith. All manner of sickness and disease can be healed because God always has the final say and his purposes will prevail. Amen. We sing.